This is Just a Few Questions. I'm your host, Mark Sims, and my guest is Mr. Jerry Brown. Jerry Brown is a former political consultant and Bowen High School graduate here in Chicago. How are you, Jerry Brown? Uh, like I always say, if I was doing any better, it'd be a crime. Doing great, Mark. Thanks for asking. Uh, Mr. Jerry Brown, I was watching your uh, uh, social media post a while back. It was like a week or so ago. And you were describing uh-huh. some kind of a carjacking, some crime in the neighborhood. What was that all about? Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, over on the southeast side of Chicago, specifically the Avalon Park, Mary Nook, Calumet Heights, South Shore Gardens, Peel Hill, and Jeffrey Manor areas, those areas specific. Uh, here recently, over the last couple of months, uh, there's been a proliferation of carjackings. I mean, carjackings, it, it, it's just increasing exponentially. I mean, literally exponentially. Uh, just, there were two just, yes, I just found out this morning, there were two yesterday that we were. And since uh, Thanksgiving Day, a total of five in Calumet Heights alone. And that's not counting the two that happened broad daylight, almost at noon, the day before Thanksgiving. Um, it's crazy. Um They've seen the police uh, are working on it. I, I do have to say that they are working on it. But what it, it, I think what it is is that since the population of those areas uh, are basically the, it's basically uh, elderly people, uh, these guys who come out and want to take your car, predatory, <laughs> predatory kind of you know this predatory uh, kind of stuff. Uh, they see they see the community as uh, easy marks. Uh, these people are pretty well established, you know, homeowners. Uh, they've done well, well, uh, well for themselves, uh, driving pretty nice vehicles and stuff. Uh, you know, because you don't see carjackings happening, say, in, in, in Roseland. But over in that area where people have been successful and they're buying new cars even after they're uh, retired and all, uh, you know, and they seem to be uh, unable to take care of themselves. These guys are trying to take advantage of it. I don't know, uh, you know, what motivates uh, such an act. Is carjacking, you know, because, you know, if you stop and think about it, a carjacker uh, will kill you. That, that That's basically a murderer because, number one, he don't want to go to jail. He don't want to get caught, you know. Uh, rarely do they, uh, all of these carjackings, the police are saying that all of them, all these guys are sticking guns in people's faces. They're throwing old women to the ground. And, and, uh, and I, you know, in the social media post that you're talking about, I was talking about how disgusted I was with it and how I was ready to get up and, uh, and take action. So since that post, uh, since that post, I've uh, gotten in contact with some people from all of those communities. Uh, we've had a, uh, a Zoom call, whereas we're uh, putting together a team for action. I'll put it that way. We're not about to become vigilantes or anything like that. But there are things that the citizens must do in order for the police, as well as the elected officials, to be effective in addressing this issue. You know, they just can't do it. The police can't do this by themselves. If the people don't, you know, one thing that was common in all of, and the police have said this, they said one thing that was common among all these carjackings is that when they go back and canvass the area where these things have taken place, there was always somebody that saw it happening and did not call the police. That has to stop. That has to stop. People are going to have to pick up the phone. And even if, you know, uh, you know, some people don't care, Mark. Some people just don't care about stuff like that. As long as they're within their four walls and they're safe, they don't care what's going on outside. I get that. I understand that. There's always been people like that. They're always going to be fine. And then there's some people who, uh, you know, there's some people who uh, are scared to get involved. I surely get that. I understand that, too, because uh, 
you know, sometimes when crimes happen, they come back and they investigate and then they go talk to the suspect. Well, Mr. So-and-so said that they saw you. And then if they don't lock that guy up, he's coming right back to your front door to peel your skull. You know, so I understand people. But it's got to stop, man. You know, uh, I hate to pit one community against another, but we all live in Chicago. We've all seen what's happened in Chicago. We've seen communities, uh, you know, go by the wayside. We look and saw, we saw what happened with Woodlawn. We saw what happened with Londale. We saw what happened with Inglewood. And what we're going to do is to prevent that southeast side where I live, where I lay my head, where I call home, uh, the community that has made me who I am. Uh, we're going to prevent that side of town from going the way of those other communities. We're doing whatever we can to do it. You know? Well, Mr. Brown, if you had all the power and all the money and resources of the world, uh, how would you stop the crime? Or even the carjackings and the overcrime, all crime in these neighborhoods here in Chicago? Uh, ooh, good question. Uh, people, people do things that are wrong for a reason. I try to come up with a way to give them an alternative to doing wrong. Now, in the sense of the carjackings, they're doing that for money. You know, and, and you know, one thing I didn't mention, Mark, is that the, the guys that they are, the police are catching doing these carjackings on this, these are kids. I mean, literally children. Two of them that they caught were 10 years old. There was one ring that was, uh, I guess you could call it centered a house over on 93rd Street near Jeffrey. There were six of them, and the oldest one was 14 years old. That's sad. That That's sad. No so sense. we have to give kids like that something other than what they're looking at on a data because they're looking at this somewhere. And I don't know if it's that uh, that 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 uh, video game. Uh, Grand Theft Auto, I don't know. But, if well, I mean, some of it's all pandemic-driven because the pandemic is out of control. You know that. But if you had the resources, how would, where would you start? Giving people something to do, giving them jobs? What would, what would we do? First of all, educating them properly. Our school system is not educating them. Even when we didn't have the problem with the pandemic and the uh, remote learning and stuff like that, they're not teaching the kids. The kids aren't learning. You know, graduates from Chicago public schools aren't, aren't, aren't able to compete elsewhere, you know. Uh, most of them don't go to college and those that do go to college don't finish because they can't compete. They're not learning. They're not being educated. They're giving information, but they're not being educated. So, school, schools, will, whole... so schools will be number one. We, cause I, I yes. mean, I'm going to, I've interviewed quite a few people, quite a few number of people on the podcast. And it's a shame they allow someone to, and I was one of those back, you know, 40, 50 years ago in the public schools here in Chicago, they allow mm -hmm. you to graduate and you're really functionally illiterate. Exactly. Can't read. We have got them high school graduates that cannot read. Man, and I actually experienced that too, Mark. I, was, uh, I used to do a lot of things over at Chicago State University. I said, well, while I'm there, let me take a class or two or something, man. You know, keep my mind functioning so I can say. So I took a philosophy class, you know, and, 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 and anybody that's going to college knows that there's a portion of that philosophy class where they teach you how to understand what the writer is saying. You have to actually go into a piece and then pull out what the writer is saying. And I sat there and I'm looking, I'm the older guy, I'm, old, I'm sick in my 60s. And uh, these guys, I mean, the instructor, the professor had to tell me to stop answering questions so somebody else can get an opportunity. And these kids could not go into a piece and come out with what the writer was actually saying. 
And it's not their it's not their fault. It's just it's not, not their fault. No, no it's not. No, no yeah, not let me fault. make that clear. It's not their fault because no. they were never taught. No, no, I'm not saying I'm not blaming you, but it's just that it's yeah. it's sad. It's something we don't talk about because if you know my children are grown, a lot of folks, our children are grown, we got grandchildren, yeah. whatever. And right. so we don't really not that we don't care about the public schools, we don't really have an impact on the, on that system because our children right. have been out of it. Yeah. So how do we impact and, it? How do we impact yeah. when we have no children in the system? Well, here's the, here's the main thing. You know, well, they, they actually, the Illinois legislature, which I'm not a fan of, actually did something to uh, change that. But uh, uh, it's, it's a down-the-road solution that this elected school board here for Chicago, uh, that's one way. But even that got messed up. And, and, and that's a whole conversation we could have about another thing. But, you know, this reformed mayor that we have now, Mayor uh, Lori Lightfoot, she actually uh, – uh, was a stumbling block in getting the uh, elected school board into place early. Uh, yeah, the newly elected uh, Democratic governor. And I, the, I, can, uh, I can talk about Lori Lightfoot and all that. I'm sorry, Kenya. <laughs> I, I mean, and I like Lori Lightfoot. I met in person. You know, your ben, yeah. your buddy Ben Jarofsky, my buddy, everybody yeah. I got okay. on this show yeah. is from Ben's show. Right. And that's how right. I met her. And she, you know, I, uh, I really want to get the people. The people, I think they fully don't understand how this works. Right. And we we can change it. So, OK, we got the schools out the way. What about uh, we got a new president? If, if if Joe Biden has hopefully you get the senator, he has enough money to send to Chicago. Yeah. Uh, can he give people I remember back in the day? I hate to sound like an old person about to see the jobs and all that kind of stuff. But and older people who really, really old, they remember the WPA jobs. I mean, they got to give people work, something to do, keep them busy and yeah. put some money in their pockets. So is, is yeah. that sort of the answer? That's a local issue. You know, even though the Democratic uh, Party has been good for uh, for jobs, for, for I'll say, the, le- the least of these, uh, but that's still, that's a local issue. They can send the money here, but what they do with the money once it gets here is, 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 is uh, what determines whether people will get to work and be able to take care of themselves and feed their families. You know, uh, they send a, they, they, the Trump administration was sending money here. Okay. You can't well, tell it. I'm not, I, I could talk about this shit forever, so let's do maybe about three or four more minutes and I can t- okay, take it on Mr. Brown's time. I know on this part, let me get a little controversial. I think on that post, okay, come you, on, post I, you, you made, know I like that. oh yeah, on the post you made, you said you didn't want any of these uh, stop the violence groups to show up when we organizing. Yep. That's right. <laughs> so I'm not, pu- I'm not putting them down. They have a role to play and I've had, uh, you know, two people on my show who represent those type of programs, mm-hmm. but okay. they, they, they know they're not, they're not the solution to stopping the crime. They know it. No, they definitely know it. I've had private conversations with some of them. They definitely, they're in that for the money. Period. Plain and simple. And I don't care who's hearing this and who don't like it. I know it for a fact. They're in it for the money. The mayor just said she's putting aside $10, $10 million of this $94 million tax increase for violence prevention. That is a waste but, of but money. Wouldn't it, be, wouldn't it be better if you gave the money directly to, a, I mean, just target, a, it's a few people that cause this mess in our communities. You got to find them, put some money in their pocket, give them something to do, or that you get the money if you take this class, if you do this work. And, yep. and that's better just yep. giving the money directly than going filtering through these programs where yep. the director, I mean, I'm not hating on the directors because I want to have get them on this show. But the main thing is that <laughs> it's a it's a hustle. I know it was one guy yeah. and I really respect. I think he was mad to the mayor because he didn't get none of that billions of dollars to mayor. Millions of dollars that's the right. mayor is giving. So people get mad. They don't get right. some of that. Crime I know stuff. You're about, you know, yeah. And I like the guy. I mean, he's really <laughs> yeah, cool. Been too. on the show. I do too. And, and uh, yeah. so they all mean well. I mean, I, I've talked to Arnie Duncan one on one and I think mm-hmm. Arnie. You know, some people may say he has a God, white, 
uh, savior white shadow complex or something. But, <laughs> but you know, he may mean well. You know, he, I don't yeah. know if he'll come on my show. But the main thing is that we're giving the money directly. I think that's yeah. a big part of it. You got to put money and then you got to teach them habits and all that kind of stuff. So, Mr. Brown, uh, Jerry Brown, I'm so glad you've been on this podcast, on my little podcast. Okay, so, my- take a, no, no, but take a few minutes. To okay. close out, talk to the people and close out the, and inspire these folks uh, here in Chicago and around the world <laughs> that we okay. can stop this crime in your neighborhood and whether you live in Chicago or not. That's right. Okay. Well, first and foremost, crime in our neighborhoods is our problem. It's not the police's problem. It's not the elected officials' problem. It's our problem, and we have to fix it. We're the only ones with the solution. If when we see, you know, it, it's just like what, uh, back in uh, what was that nine eleven when they said if you see something, say something. Same applies here with our communities. You know, we're looking out our windows and seeing somebody get hurt. We got to pick up the phone, even if all we do is pick up the phone and call our neighbor. That's our our solution. And uh, you know, as far as government goes with this thing, uh, uh, government has to put some things in place that gives people alternatives to crime. Now, there's always an alternative to crime, and people, most people, commit crimes. Uh, for lack of something, either money or something, money, love, or whatever it is. We have to start creating things that are alternative to crime, and that's, and that's basically it. It's not a real deep philosophical thing. It's really pretty simple. But as most people who've lived as long as I know, I have, they, we know that simple ain't always easy. <laughs> <laughs>